Hello, everyone. My name is Jacob Emerson. I'm an Associate News Director with Becker's Hospital Review. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Peter Urbane, who is the Chief Commercial Officer at Hydrogen Health. He's here with me to discuss the challenges and benefits of telehealth options offered today by payers. So, Peter, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. Thank you, Jacob. It's an honor to be here. Before we dive in, Peter, hoping you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, your your background in healthcare, and then what it is that you do at Hydrogen Health and and what Hydrogen does as well. Sure. Well, Jacob, as we talked about a moment ago, I'm born and raised in Chicago and live uh, a little bit further west than you. I've got 20 years in healthcare, specifically in healthcare tech-related industries. I worked everything from IBM to benefits enrollment software, as an example. I'm very excited to be the chief commercial officer at Hydrogen Health. In that role, I'm responsible for all of Hydrogen's growth uh, by building relationships with payers, providers, and employers. And Hydrogen Health, I would say, is kind of a, a version two of the telehealth solutions. I would identify that the legacy telehealth solutions would be considered more point solutions. And we've got a completely different, more integrated approach that we'll talk about today. Fantastic. Well, we love having a Chicagoan on with us. So Peter, take us through, you know, we, we know telehealth and virtual care obviously rose in popularity during the pandemic um, for, for obvious reasons. But as we approach the end of, of the public health emergency and maybe the pandemic as well, It seems that these services are largely here to stay across systems and across payers. So talk to us about the trends you're seeing in terms of of usage, but but also challenges. Um, And how would you say that these trends are really affecting patients, providers, and of course, payers at the end of the day? Absolutely. Great question, Jacob. Um, Just as a point of reference, I'm going to do my best to try to use patients as being synonymous with payer members and employer employees, right? Got it. Uh, But but so just so we're trying to, I try to keep it all straight. Uh, Jacob, I think first and foremost, I don't think anybody could have imagined that a national pandemic, COVID, would what I call force bloom. Do you know what that expression is? Have you ever heard of it? No, you'll have to uh, familiarize me. So force bloom is what happens uh, every uh, Valentine's Day when all of the rose growers in the world, through a combination of sun, artificial sun, and a lot of fertilizer, they force the roses to bloom. That's why you can get so many roses available. And when you force bloom a market, there are external forces that make something happen that would might not have happened. And so really COVID forced bloom the telehealth industry If you look at the statistics pre-COVID, the usage was not where people wanted it to be, and it was growing very slowly, but certainly nobody would have wished for it, but it certainly did help that industry begin to come in into its own. We see that payers typically would have what I would call a point solution fatigue today because a lot of the solutions that people have in place are either for urgent care or for primary care or for behavioral health. And I also think that patients are tired of telehealth solutions that I would say mimic the issues of an in-office visit. We've all experienced it where you 
log into a telehealth call and you end up filling out forms. You end up having to wait a week for an appointment. It, patients want the solutions to be different. On the positive side, we do see that virtual visits are stabilizing after the COVID peak and that we are experiencing a lot of demand from patients who are asking us to do more. They're asked through our payer and our employer partners, they're coming to those organizations and saying, we want this solution to do more. And it's really resulted in a strong growth, both in employer and payer interest in our solutions, which kind of act as a digital front door for a comprehensive set of digital, virtual, and physical care services that span primary care, urgent care, behavioral health, chronic condition management, et cetera. Got it. So employers and health plan members, they're demanding more from telehealth. Yep. But we, I mean, from our reporting, we've found that payers sometimes can be all over the map in terms of the telehealth options they're offering uh, this year in 2023. So how would you describe the common characteristics of telehealth options payers are offering today? And are these meeting patients' needs and expectations like you just mentioned, um, particularly in regards to their preferences, to usability? Uh, why or why not, would you say? Great question, Jacob. So first and foremost, I think you're right. They are all over the map. Um, certainly better than before, but they're, 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 there's a, a lot of room for growth. We see most payers as having one to two specialty and one to two urgent care solutions. To be honest, we haven't seen many payer solutions that I think anyone would describe as having a transformational impact on either health or employer risk, reducing employer risk or in cost reduction. That really hasn't happened yet. And we believe that much of that is because most of these different solutions are episodic and siloed, which frankly frustrates patients. Um, patients really want a full service solution that spans digital, virtual, and physical for all of their different needs, be it urgent, primary care, or behavioral health. Um, and they're also demanding a solution. This is, you'd think it was simple, Jacob, but they, they would just like a solution that remembers who they are. Um, and the other side of the coin is that employers really want solutions that aren't just a convenience for the member that are billed out at the same rates. They want solutions that reduce costs and reduce the a self-insured employer's risk and also helps their patients be healthier and more available. So the only hope that we see that we, we see a lot is we do see some payers that have begun offering digital first plans. And so we're optimistic that as more and more payers begin institutionalizing or in, instantiating virtual and digital into an, a physical health plan, that there is a possibility that we will see increases of, in engagement, patient satisfaction, and patient health, and also see a clear reduction of cost. But it's going to take a while for us to see the impact of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point that we are seeing a lot of payers um, roll out these virtual first plans. But, you know, a lot of these plans are only for primary care. And as you mentioned, patients, employers, they want fully integrated telehealth services for all of their care. 
So what would you say, if this is what employers are asking for, if this is what health plan members are asking for, what, what are the challenges here? Why aren't we seeing effective integrated telehealth platforms that are widespread? And can you share maybe a little bit about why Hydrogen Health's platform can address some of those challenges? Sure. I, I think, you know, it's interesting. Most health tech solutions, including EMRs, were designed for provider workflows, not for consumer engagement. I think we all would agree on that. And there is this yin and yang push-pull between where does a health system want their patients to go? Do they want them to go into my chart? Do they want, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, friction between where does a patient have to go to get access to this care and or to get access to some of the different information. This means that patients often have poor experiences because the different connective tissues don't exist between the different systems. And the, there are significant silos between a digital, virtual, and in-person experience, never mind the vast silo between in-person and specialty care. So at the same time, we're, we do have a challenge in the provider space with their challenges in being short-staffed. So what Hydrogen tries to do is we try to give patients access to consumer-grade experiences at enterprise scale that incorporates digital, virtual, and in-person visit in addition to also referring those same patients back to our provider partners. So because we've integrated our capabilities, not only with the payer systems, but also with the provider systems, we're able to act as the glue between all this. And I think the reason we hope we're going to be successful is we started this way. We're not trying to take an EMR and make it do something that it hasn't. And we're not a traditional telehealth solution that was built around video trying to go the opposite direction. I see. Yeah, really interesting to hear you talk about this. But I, but I have to ask, at the end of the day, what would you recommend as a, as a first step for an organization that wants to improve where, where you're saying telehealth is not currently necessarily succeeding? And let's say in a perfect world, Peter, they do implement this kind of system. What kind of outcomes should, should payers expect? Should the provider expect to actually see on the ground? Yeah. So let me give you four different ideas that people can entertain as they move forward. First and foremost, I do think that it actually, actually does start with the payer and the provider working to create the connective tissue between their capabilities. Digitally driven care coordination will enable true systems of care where virtual and in-person visits can more easily share information and co-manage patient care. Um, we actually have a, a project right now going on with Intermountain Health that does just that. Second, deep clinical automation, which is something that one of the things that we do with our AI capability is it enables us to deeply embed some of the clinical capabilities into our clinicians' workflows that allow providers to operate at the top of their license, in addition to simultaneously improving the quality of care and reducing 
costs from the burden of administrative tasks. So it's optimizing the work that you're asking your clinicians to do to have it focused on care, not on the administrative tasks, and often will take some of that burden off of them. The third thing that we're seeing that is critically important is we have to help patients to move beyond what people call sometimes call Dr. Google. And now, uh, of course, is whatever comes from chat GBT, which are really, in some respects, educated guesses to a curated self-evaluation for patients using something like, a, we have an AI-driven symptom checker that's built from 20 years of longitudinal patient records and patient interactions with 4 million patients that's built through a unique partnership with Mayo Clinic. So I think you have to have the tools and the capabilities to enable patients to, because patients are more and more searching for answers and whether they're coming to a virtual visit or an in-person visit, you don't want them coming with a printout of 10 different things with 10 different answers. Finally, on the employer side and on the payer side, to give an example of where we've had measurable impact, in cases where hydrogen health has been tightly integrated and where payers have made plan design changes, we've actually seen 15% total engagement with those patients or employees. With a clear trend from episodic urgent care to longer-term primary care engagement. We earn their trust in the urgent care situations and they come back for a digital or virtual primary care engagement. We kind of see this as a win, 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 because first of all, patients get better access to care. Health systems that are overwhelmed with primary urgent and emergency care, we, we become a care extender for them. Payers uh, end up seeing a much more collaborative relationship, better health outcomes, better member experiences, and lower costs from virtual care efficiencies and reduce UC and ED utilization. Last but not least, employers can appropriately manage their self-insured risks by giving their employees access to care that they need when and where they need it and want it. A lot of really great advice in there, Peter. So just to recap for our listeners, your four main pieces of advice here is is deepening ties between payers and providers over telehealth offerings, more clinical automation, more support for patients with the move to these new care models, and then more employer integration with the, the health plan and with the telehealth offering. Well said. Well said, Jacob. Perfect. So Peter, any closing thoughts, key takeaways you really want to drive home for our listeners today? Sure. I mean, first of all, you know, I'm a glass half full guy. So I will tell you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We are, Hydrogen Health today is delivering on the promise of digital, virtual, physical, specialty navigation, where the patient gets access to the care they need when and where they want it. We are absolutely seeing the ability to reduce costs And these are for two specific examples of two of the nation's largest health plans and over 100 employers, I might add. And we're also delivering high-quality care in a partnership with some of the largest health systems in the country. So I actually, uh, I said the word before, win, win, win. I think it's actually 
win-win four wins in this, Jacob. And I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we'd be excited to work with any of your clients and readers who want to learn more about our capabilities. Well, good to hear winning all around. So Peter, I want to thank you for your time, for your thought-provoking insights today. I also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Hydrogen Health. You can turn into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcasts.